Welcome to Four Dimensions for Teachers, a podcast with Dr. Caroline Blackley, covering topics that surround today's dynamic teaching and learning environments. Ignite your curiosity, engage your passion for discourse, and encourage others to join us in these robust conversations, all to strengthen our community of practice. No need to put your hand up. Just tune in as we laugh, cry, challenge each other, and aim high to continue to be the best teachers we can. Moving on from the podcast earlier this week where we talked about acceptance criteria as a way to just shift the thinking of the teachers I work with on moving away from praise to moving towards reinforcement. When we talk Dimension 2 with reinforcement, we are looking at ways to create interactions that are genuine and authentic and are linked to a criteria, linked to an expectation around what I want to see in the classroom. When we truly make curriculum first our focus, we will make and state expectations much more often around the curriculum and the learning environment that we want to see. As I've said over and over again, Four Dimensions is not a classroom behaviour management tool. We actually focus on doing the complete opposite in having conversations, setting a stage for learning, And part of that learning will always have some classroom behaviour management. But when we only talk behaviour management, our focus is on how do we manage the behaviour rather than putting our energy into dimension one and two, which is around setting the learning environment, the teaching environment that is more likely to be productive. So when we have a curriculum first focus, what I want to discuss with you today is when you do have a student that possibly is off task or not meeting your criteria, and it is hard for you to give an acceptance interaction or a reinforcement, then how can you shift your thinking, think and change your default setting of how you interact with that student away from, I don't want you to do that. I've asked you not to do that. Where should you be? And these are all found on our sheet in the less intrusive strategies for classroom behavior management. So if we want to move away from the behavior management thinking, What do I change and what do I do in that interaction? The first thing we can do is selectively attend, which means just for a few moments, we don't respond to the behavior. This is not tactical ignoring. We should never ignore a student in our classroom. So as a teacher, if there are things that I'm not happy with, or there are students that are disrupting my flow of teaching, then absolutely there are moments that I may selectively attend for a moment or a few moments. But the purpose is not to give that child the cold shoulder. The purpose is not to ignore that behavior. It is to intentionally set my expectations, so I've gone straight back to dimension one, for what I want everyone else to be doing. Because in moments where I do need to manage behavior, I need time and space. As soon as I make my behavior management public, I am creating a platform for a student who possibly wants attention or I'm bringing others into the behavior conversation. Not the naughty student or the disruptive child or student, but me as the teacher. So selective attending, quick short pause where the student is selectively attended so I can address the others in the room to get them to work or to start a new activity. Now there are times where I seriously need to go very quickly to the student that is not doing what they should. So that's where you need your strategy and your back pocket of do now activities. Doug Lemoff talks about do now. And I talk about them a little differently than he does. For me, they are those momentary activities you need for students to start and engage work 
so that you can go and attend to something else, curriculum related or behavior related. So the first thing, if we want that curriculum focus, what are other alternative things we can do? And I love things like close talk. I love things like questioning to redirect because they reduce the public nature. And I'm not saying don't do those. But can you change your habits of practice from being less intrusive to actually being curriculum focused? So the first one is the way to let the rest of the class know curriculum is my core business and I'm going to get you guys working before I attend to any low level disruption. The second is, why can you not go back in and talk to that student, so the one we have just possibly selectively attended, why do you have to go back in and have a behaviour conversation? Is it not more appropriate if you're trying to come back to learning, is it not more appropriate that you actually go in and have a curriculum conversation? Can you bring them back to refocus on the learning and teaching that you are doing through a curriculum question or a curriculum focus on what is happening then and there? The other and the third one comes back to what we talked about just in episode 36, I think it was, where we talked about acceptance criteria. Can you possibly look at stating what people are doing, stating what is happening in your classroom and what you will find over time The more you refer back to your expectations with high frequency, the less likely it is that you will have exceeding episodes of disruption in your room. The teachers and schools where I have worked and trained, all staff in four dimensions, have significantly reduced the disruptive behaviours in the classroom. What four dimensions is aimed at doing is getting the majority of students reducing the likelihood of being off task in the first place. We have a productive teaching and learning, a curriculum focus first. Classroom behaviour management is not our focus. Then if we need to manage behaviours, we move into a thought of, can I do it where I actually use curriculum to bring students back in? Because again, it will give out that acceptance criteria, that reinforcement to the students who are working. It will remind them, I see you doing the right thing. But it will give those students a chance. We talk about restorative practices. We talk about giving students time to think and come back to the learning. So do that through having curriculum conversations rather than behaviour conversations. Then if there are times we absolutely must have a behaviour conversation, do it through, again, setting expectations first, using acceptance criteria and reinforcers to tell the students as you move through the room that you see them working and want them to continue working because that is what will give you time and space to work with a student who is not doing what they should. Now, just as a last moment and disclaimer, am I saying that in four dimensions and the four dimensions framework that we do not have public conversations around behaviour? Absolutely not. There are times that they are necessary and as a teacher, I will choose to have everyone involved in a behaviour conversation. But they are when I choose it, not when students have pushed me into a thinking or a frame of frustration or of feeling that I have lost control of my class. In those moments, the best way to get the class back is through dimension one and two. The green footprint with a focus on expectations and linking it to the interactions that I want to see, the reinforcers. So when you think curriculum first, think how do I set my expectations, then how do I refer back to them with high consistency and frequency? Now that is one of the pillars, we talk about two pillars with four dimensions. It is stating your expectations and referring back to them. And the second one is the use of peripheral vision in a proactive manner. 
Now, those two pillars will have minimal impact. They will have impact, but it will be minimal unless you pair them with the interactions of the students you are working with, unless you pair them with interactions around acceptance to the criteria that you have set. So it is paramount that you know your curriculum, and this will link into future podcasts, around explicit instruction, visible teaching and learning, dimensions of learning. It does not matter what pedagogical framework you're looking at. Even if you don't have a pedagogical framework, what are the expectations you want around learning and behaviour? Because unless you are clear on what you want, how can you link with students with reinforcers and acceptance criteria to create a curriculum-first learning environment? Have a great day. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap for this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and visit carolineblackley.com and join our growing community of international educators.